Also, Aditya is left-handed. Which, yeah. if I if I had noticed that before, I had forgotten. Is it weird that that makes him even more attractive to me? No, I find left-handedness <laughs> very attractive. I've never dated someone who is left-handed, but, like, it is something I find very attractive. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> <sighs> That's great. Yep. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie. And we're here to talk about singing and dancing and Bollywood boys. Yes, Bollywood boys who oppose dowry and who love independent, strong women. And who are good cooks. And who can cook. (laughs) And frankly, rock two gold hoops and a mustache. And even though he sprays... (laughs) just too much axe body spray on himself yeah i still would wrap myself in that man's arms yeah i just believe that aditya roy kapoor and any character he plays probably just has a nice natural man smell sure yeah maybe i just want to believe that i think it's totally fine for us to picture that in our minds i doubt we'll ever know for sure (laughs) yeah let's not let's uh let's just live in that dream yeah (laughs) the dream of a nice nice manly musk um um Oh so, boy. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking about Davate ish. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, so this movie stars, as we mentioned, Aditya Roy Kapoor, mm-hmm. also stars Paraniti Chopra, mm-hmm. and I really love her. Yeah. I, I just got re reminded of how much I love her. A, I think yeah. she's just one of the prettiest women I've ever seen in my she life. She's beautiful, yes. <laughs> but I just love her sassiness. Mm hmm. And her strength. And I just want to watch more with her in it. I love her too. I would love to see more with her. I know she's been in a lot of like serious stuff lately. Yeah. And I'd like to see more of what she does with that. And I have a lot of faith that she does a good job. Oh, yeah. And then also our favorite papa. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Anna Palmker. Yeah, he's, he's played dads for like multiple generations. It does make me wonder how old he is. 68. He's about to turn 68 in a couple of weeks here on March 7th. He's been acting as a dad since like the 90s. Right. Because Shah Rukh was born in like 1965. Yeah, he's he's not much older than him. (laughs) And he's legit. He like plays his dad in DDLJ and also like dad aged people when Shah Rukh is playing like. (laughs) But you know, maybe Anupam Kerr just has, he has like big dad energy. He does. And I don't want to think that it's just because he's bald and has a mustache, but I do think that that's a big part of it. <laughs> and he's got those kind eyes. He does have very kind eyes, yeah. But enough about Anupamkar. Enough about Anupamkar. Before, before we dive into the plot, I do just want to say Aditya holds such a special place in my heart. He was the star of the first Bollywood movie that I watched that didn't star Rithik Roshan. Mm-hmm. Until I saw Davate Ishk for the first time, I didn't realize that he, like, danced in movies or had fun (laughs) in movies. I just was like, oh, he's only a serious actor. And so I was really excited to see him do something totally different. I've never seen him look this way in any other movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, he's so vibrant. Yes. His shirts. Yeah, well, (laughs) his shirts. Oh, we're going to talk about his shirts. (laughs) So, yeah, let's get into it let's get into it so we start out in Hyderabad where we see 
Gulu, who is played by Paraniti Chopra, mm-hmm. and her father, she calls him Bougie, mm-hmm. um, played by Anupam Kerr, and they are hosting a family over at their apartment, trying to woo them because this is a, a lad that Gulu might end up marrying. Yes. So we see she is very demurely passing out drinks. Bougie is saying, hey, this is what we can provide as a dowry. One lakh is like $1,200. Yes. So basically they're offering like 15000 ish Fifteen to twenty thousand U.S. dollars. We're good at math. <laughs> We're so good at math. It is not my strong suit. That's why I have a Bollywood podcast. Yes, not a math podcast. Um, but yeah, so he's offering like twenty-ish thousand dollars yeah. U.S. dollars, maybe a little bit less. Not nothing. Which I'm sorry, but like. If a man came up to me and was like, here's $20,000 to marry me, and I'm attractive, and I'm smart, and I have this amazing father, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So you're saying, if you were the boy who, by the way, I love that he unzips his sweater and he's wearing a shirt that has a humongous heart on it. like Yeah, they're made of sequins. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you're putting yourself in his shoes and saying that, yeah, you would take the equivalent of a male gulu for $20,000. I think I would too. Yeah. So gulu goes up to entertain, well, that makes it sound bad. (laughs) It does sound a little... Gulu and the boy, they go up to her room to have some one-on-one time. Which yeah, also get to know each us, other. Get to know each other, but not in like a sexual way. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. He does ask if she watches blue films. Which... Yes! I was going to bring that up, which we will circle back around to that in just a moment. But this dowry conversation, clearly this boy's parents are like, mm, that's not enough. Like, what else do you have? And... Her father is just showing them, like, look at all these trophies that she won in school. Like, this Mm -hmm. is how athletic she is. And she was accepted into schools in America. He's trying to get them to see how amazing of a woman she is, and they can't. They don't care about anything about her. It's just the dollar amount. And then the two kids come down the stairs, (laughs) and the boy is zipping up his sweatshirt back (laughs) over the heart shirt, and he's like, we're leaving. And Gulu is like, he can't even speak English well. But then I didn't realize at the time, I had never picked up on this joke before, but was watching it with my sister, and she was like, isn't a blue film porn? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which it seems like Gulu didn't really put together. Clearly, this is an arranged marriage situation. So, like, why would that be the question you want to know of your potential right. future spouse? Do you watch porn? <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah. It's like, I, sometimes. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Does this have a bearing on whether we'll marry or not? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I apologize because the pup is snoring and I can see just the slightest <laughs> little bit. Um that's fine. I can, I can edit it out. Or maybe I'll leave it in. Or maybe leave it in. It's fine. <laughs> but so that boy is no good. He's gone. Okay. And we see the next day, they have little, like, labeled cups for their individual tea. They are so cute. This <laughs> father-daughter duo is the dream. <laughs> yeah, they are adorable. And Gulu drives her dad to work every day, and he yep. rides on the back of the scooter. <laughs> As they're kind of driving to his office, they're talking about what she wants from a husband. Mm -hmm. Clearly, 
Gulu is a very intelligent, driven woman, and she wants the same level of education from her husband. Yeah, an intellectual equal. Yeah, and her father is like, we can't afford a a well-spoken husband for you. We just don't have the dowry. And then she's like, well, well, then why did you pay for, like, the best English tutor for me? This conversation is so interesting because it's really establishing that Bougie did everything he could to make sure that Gulu was independent and, you know, got the best possible education that he could afford for her. He made these choices that now have kind of backfired when they're trying to, like, marry her off. But ultimately, we can be grateful that he made that choice and so can, can Gulu. Um, yeah, because he wanted her to be her fully her own independent yeah. person without thinking about how that would make men feel. And exactly. yeah, empowering yeah. his daughter like that is incredible. Yeah, totally. We do see this law case of a woman being compensated for being compelled to pay a dowry to her mm-hmm. husband. Um, so I think that when that case is resolved, her husband ends up owing her 10 crore or something like that. That's um, huge. Which is huge, yeah. Uh, so this is just like the backdrop of this whole film and this conversation. I think that I'm sure you wrote it down, but is it 498A? 498A, yes, that yeah. is the law that is referenced. And we see Gulu working at the shoe store, mm-hmm. and she is crushing on the coffee shop boy, mm-hmm. who he's so cute, very cute. And then the coffee shop boy actually comes into the store yes, he does. to buy shoes for his mom. Uh-huh. And now, Kim, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> because he just brings her a foot tracing. Yes, he does. Like, <laughs> on a piece of paper. And you worked in a shoe store. I did I'm indeed. pretty sure that has happened to you several times. That did happen to me once, yes. Okay, are you actually able to sell shoes based on that no because <laughs> as as we all know feet are in fact three-dimensional um so just wanted to, anyone who's thinking about doing this please don't <laughs> okay so gulu's hanging out with the coffee shop boy whose name is well we call him amju yeah and she learns that he's moving to the u.s mm-hmm. and she's like oh my god where and he's moving to kalamazoo <laughs> Which is the funniest location they could have chosen. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why they chose it. So it shows her, like, Googling, like, where is this? And then she, like, learns the capital of Michigan. And then she's like, this is where it is geogra- like geographically yep. speaking. And he's like, wow, you know a lot about Kalamazoo. <laughs> Kalamazoo, just, I've never been there. Nope. So I, I apologize to all the people who live in Kalamazoo, but Kalamazoo is not sexy. No. <laughs> But, you know, once you're in Kalamazoo, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump. Yep. <laughs> you know what they <laughs> say. NYC. Kalamazoo and New York City might as well be in the same place. <laughs> but then we get our first dance number, Shayurana. Mm-hmm. It is so cute. It's so cute. The way that the song sounds makes you feel like you're falling in love. And yeah. it's really, really cute. And I love when they hold hands in the uh-huh. movie theater. When they're in the movie theater, yep. go ahead. You say well, you, you can say it. Well, so I, it's really funny because I was just like, "Oh my god, what movie is this?" Because that's Ron Veer. Yep. And I didn't get enough view of because I feel like Ron Veer's profile is very. It's very distinctive. Yeah. Yes, but I couldn't tell who the woman was, and I was like, I feel like it's probably Anushka Sharma. I don't know what movie is this, and then I realized that it's Ban Baja Barat. It was, yeah, super fun. Fun to, like, have seen 
a Ron Veer movie last week with Paraniti Chopra, and now to see her watching a Ron Veer movie as yes, her character. Yeah. So that was a fun nod. So anyway, they have this courtship. It's very sweet. They both are really into each other. And then Gulu and Buji meet up with Amju. I'm going to call him Amju. Okay. And I was going to say, Gulu and Amju have kind of like conspired. Amju doesn't think his parents will agree to a love marriage. Right. Um, but like, let's orchestrate it as if we're just like meeting that it is an arranged marriage and it's not like that we know each other and are already in love. Yes. And so they meet and they're talking and right off the bat, his parents are like, don't worry, we don't, we're not asking for a dowry. We don't believe in that. Yeah. And so Gulu and Buji are like, oh yeah, like awesome. And then Amjad's parents say, well, but we need some help mm-hmm. because, you know, we're sending our son to school in America and that's expensive. And I think it ends up totaling up to like 80 lakhs yeah. or something. Yeah. It's like five times what they can actually yes. afford. Yeah. Yeah. Amju is like, okay, come on, like, we can reduce it to like 60. We don't need 80. Don't right. be greedy. And then Gulu is just like, you hadn't brought this up before. What is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. We're not giving you this money. And uh, she throws a drink in his face. And the conversation is pretty much over. Yeah, I God, I was so mad at Amju in this moment. The idea that, like, even if you love a girl, she still has to pay for the privilege of getting to marry you. Like, come on. Yeah. And Gulu through this whole thing is, like, looking to him like, you supposedly Ugh. love this girl. You don't want to just, like, tell your parents you want to marry her. Right. And he doesn't He doesn't fight for her. Nope. Not at all. So she goes home. She, like, tears the Kalamazoo poster off the wall. Uh-huh. And then she decides that she's sick of men demanding money from her. She's sick of this, you know, life where dowries are illegal, but she's still expected to provide one. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I'm going to devise a scheme to get me my dream and also take revenge on men for being scumbags. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Gulu decides that she's going to go to New York and she's going to study shoe design So she runs this idea by her dad. She's like, what we're going to do, we'll pick a new city. We'll reinvent our image to Mm -hmm. make us seem like we're really wealthy. Then we'll interview potential husbands, choose the greediest one, do a fake marriage, and then essentially blackmail him and charge him with, you know, breaking the law. Yep. And her dad is against it. Understandable. (laughs) Yeah, he's a very honest man. He's like, we can't, we could go to prison if we get caught. This isn't good. And then, like, shortly after that, she drops him off at work one day and he, like, immediately gets hit by a car. Yeah. What was that driver doing? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But this car, like, from 30 feet away, just, like, drives directly at him and runs into him. It's almost like Gulu like paid this person. Yeah, which <laughs> I know she didn't. Hit my father with your car. <laughs> <laughs> I know she didn't because she loves him. But yeah, it's it's a little bit absurd. Yeah, poor Bougie is really scared because he's like, "Wow, I could have just died, mm-hmm. and then where would you have been? You don't have anyone to take care of you." He's in. Yep, they're doing it. He's had a so near they... death experience, and now he's ready to con a man. <laughs> yeah. So they decide to go to Lucknow. Yep. Off they go. They go there. They've gotten a whole new wardrobe. They're pretending to be rich, 
which Buji is not so good at. Oh my gosh, there's so many funny moments of him like failing at pretending to be rich. He's like scratching his face because he's got like new facial hair. And Gulu tells him to scratch more stylishly. So he just starts to like gently scratch himself with one finger. (laughs) Which is very funny. And then like they get to the hotel and just hand over fake passports. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, they went really deep. Like, clearly they know a guy. <laughs> yeah. they Yeah, whoever the, like, criminal uncle is at the end, like, yeah. <laughs> they're in deep with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way that they're able to pretend they're rich is because they used all of her dowry money. Right. To buy new clothes and buy this fan, like, pay for this fancy suite. So they are investing everything they have in this con. Yep. And then we meet Taru. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's on the list of men that they call. They end up wanting to go eat. So they set up a meeting with him, but then end up at his restaurant. And he's adorable. He is adorable. He's like helping these white women which I kind of wondered, I was like, would I be that white woman? But honestly, I found all those white women kind of annoying. So (laughs) yeah, so I don't want to be that white lady. Also, all of these white ladies are credited as Firang girls, F-I-R-A-N-G, which I googled and is apparently a derogatory word for white people. (laughs) Oh, oh, then you know what? I'm okay with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They were clearly written to be stupid white ladies. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, that makes me happy. That makes me think it's like a funny little like, ha <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like a yeah. little, a little joke at white people's expense is frankly always warranted. Yes, yes, we we can always laugh at our own expense. We we two white people, not yes. white people in general. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Taru realizes who's in his restaurant, yep. and he's like, "Oh, future wife and future father-in-law. Like, it's on the house. You don't have to pay." Gulu's kind of mean to him. Yeah. He's just being so sweet and nice and well, isn't he trying is, to... He is, like, forcing money back into their hands and she's just like, no, you're not in charge here. I'm in charge here. So. Which, and I do, I do understand that, especially if she's like, I know I'm going to con you, so I'm yeah. trying to keep distance. <laughs> right, yeah. And so I forget who brings up the idea of arm wrestling. If she did it... <laughs> Or what? But they decide to arm wrestle to decide who's going to pay. She just, like, before he's ready, slams his arm down on the table. And And he's immediately in love. (laughs) Yes. Which, you know, I would be too. Yeah, Yeah. like, she's strong. She knows her own mind. Also, does she go by Sonia? Yeah, she's Sonia. You're right. Yeah, because he does not know her as Gulu. Because that does come up later. And yeah, and so like the next day, I think they have their meeting to mm-hmm. talk about a potential engagement. Taru just shows up with food and he just feeds like everyone. Yeah. All like, of the men who the are hotel, waiting. All the men that were waiting <laughs> outside to meet with Gulu. He also like knows all of the people who work at the yeah. hotel. He just knows everyone. Which I love. Like yeah. I don't I would Also find very so attractive. attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, like, Gulu and her dad set up their receiving room with, like, a video camera. Yes. So that they will catch everything on film. Right. Taro and his parents come in. They demand, his parents demand 40 lakhs as a dowry. 
And then I noted that, you know, Taru's just so sweet, though, because Gulu and her dad stand up and they're like, okay, sure, like, we're on board with this. And then Taru's like, well, wait, we have to get to know each other first. Yeah. Let's just have, like, three days to get to know each other. And then she's, like, saying no, she doesn't want to do that, which I'm like, why? Because, like, if this were an actual, like, marry this person thing, I think you would be swayed. But if it's like, I need to get out of the situation as quickly as possible, you wouldn't really want to spend the extra time. That's true. But still, she's being so mean to him. (laughs) We already love Taru. But she's she's not falling quite so quickly. Yes. That brings us to our second dance number, Uh Davate Ishk. You know, Taru said that he wants to have a few days to get to know her better. Gulu declines, but they she shows up to eat at his restaurant again. And the whole premise of the song is that he's like wooing her with his food. And she at this point has already decided that he's going to be the man they choose to con. Oh, yes. Because she and her dad go around and they like check out all the guys. Right, yep. Also really important. Thank you for bringing that up. I skipped over <laughs> that in my excitement. <laughs> You're just like, Davitayish. <laughs> yeah, and you just know the second he picks up those two, like, forks or whatever and yep, starts just... hitting them against the table, <laughs> it's gonna be a bop. Yeah, this, I mean, this is a great number. It's such a, like, happy, joyful dance. There are so many little moments in it that bring me so much joy. Mm. And in particular, I did just write cauliflower yes. in my notes. <laughs> Because they're like dancing and he just like gives her a head of cauliflower and she takes it from his hands and throws it away. And I'm pretty sure I made a gif of that at some point. I I think you did. She's riding in like a little cart thing (laughs) and he is just like walking next to her. And I'm sorry, like, why is that so sexy? Like, why is just the way he's like carts? (laughs) His legs are so long. Just there's some like there's something about his bearing. Like Taru's bearing is so like and we've talked about this before. It's the confidence she has a thing. Lot it's of the confidence. like confidence yeah. without cockiness thing. Yeah. Like yeah. I am just cool and it's effortless. And like that moment where he's walking alongside the cart, just like his swagger is very sexy. Yeah. And he's so attractive because he's so comfortable with who he is. Yeah. He's a very kind person, which I think is what makes this all okay. Like he's very kind. Right. He's very sweet, very thoughtful. And he's also like, yeah, I'm going to take up this space. I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be boisterous. I'm going to be myself. Right. That's super attractive. Yeah. It really is. And it's like, he even mentions later on that he's like, you don't, you know, what kind of man are you into? Because I'm not one of those like bodybuilder types. Like old Taru's definitely going to put on some weight. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to have a little bit of a punch later. (laughs) Which is adorable. I just love that because, yeah, he's like, I am who I am. Do you want me? I want me. So (laughs) I wrote that I would marry this man in a heartbeat. Yep. 100%. (laughs) Promise to feed me the rest of my life and I'm there. (laughs) And I just love, he loves her like fiery energy and her banter. Like he likes the challenge that she presents. But yeah, this is my favorite dance number from this movie, like, hands down, bar none. It's so great. And then at the end, as she, like, she finally takes a bite of his food, because she's, like, resisting actually trying anything the whole time. Mm -hmm. She finally takes a bite of something, 
And she's like, yep, okay, I, I accept. She's like sort of walking backwards from him and singing to him and he's following her and just like the look in his eyes oh, is so perfect. Insert like, Shah Rukh Khan growl here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh my gosh. And you know what's interesting is I was reading, as a part of my research, I was reading like critics' responses to this movie. Uh-huh. It's pretty well received. It's got pretty like solid reviews overall. But like some people were saying that they didn't think there was any chemistry between what? Aditya and Paraniti, and I just think that's so incorrect. Like Aditya would have chemistry with a brick wall, and Paraniti also is like very you know chemical. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the chemistry is great between these two. It's certainly more subtle than you may see in yeah. other movies, but it really builds in such a meaningful way. And also just like. Feeding someone is so intimate. It really is. Yeah. Like, I prepared anyway. this to nourish your body. Yeah. And then Taru shows up for, like, their first day of getting to know each other with, mm-hmm. like, a teenage girl. And <laughs> his his sister cousin. It is his sister. His sister cousin. Yeah. Okay. Because I yeah. know his sister. <laughs> and then I was like, but maybe it's his cousin? She's technically his cousin, but raised like his sister. Okay. Sister cousin. That's my understanding. <laughs> So she's going to be his, like, chaperone. Yeah, which is adorable. Yeah. <laughs> but he also, he brings, like, the sexy red convertible, mm-hmm. which is an Impala. His Impala. Yeah. <laughs> which is fun. So Gulu comes out. She's like, oh, I'm bringing Bougie. Mm-hmm. And I yep. think Taru's like, well, your dad doesn't have to come. <laughs> and they're like, no, he's coming. <laughs> but then Gulu says, can I drive? Yep. And he's like, Yeah. Yeah, just hands her the keys. I know, it's such a, like, simple thing, and I hate that we feel like it's even worth acknowledging that this man is totally okay with this woman driving his car, but, like, he is, and it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, and then they are on their little, like, date. Um, Mm -hmm. They go to the, the Hazrat Ganj. Which okay. is the name of the of a big shopping center in Lucknow that's got stores and restaurants and theaters and stuff. Mm. So it's like a it's like a, a sightseeing thing. Well, that sounds fun. As well oh, right, as like a commercial they go to the enterprise. Cinema. Yes, I do. I love that exchange about the like the Bali versus Holly. Yeah. Like, no, I only watch Bali. I only watch Holly if it's got action. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I was like, you and me both, Taru. <laughs> <laughs> um, as they're walking around after the movie. He's 100% truthful, and he's like, hey, just so you know, my parents lied. I didn't graduate from anything. Yeah. I'm not a graduate. They just make, they think it sounds better. So I just want you to know that's not my scene. <laughs> right. He makes that confession, and then she's like, well, people come from around the whole world to taste your food. Like, that's really special. Like, so yeah. who cares about your education? And he is so flattered by this. Like, you could, like, he was clearly, like, kind of embarrassed to share this with her. Mm -hmm. He knows that she has had, that she has been educated more than he has. And the fact that she does just, like, accept that about him, he's clearly just, like, so grateful. And it's very sweet. It's Um, really sweet. Yeah. 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 And then he asks her about her mom because, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not around. And what a sweetheart. I just, ugh. And he's a good listener, too, (laughs) which is just also very attractive. It's not easy to find sometimes. No. (laughs) And I'm sorry, like, I took very detailed notes through this part because it's, like, my favorite, like, the conversation that they have 
is like one of my favorite moments in the movie. Oh, you want to talk more about the conversation? Okay. Yeah, because it's also where I think we start to see Gulu start to fall for him a little bit, which is not the plan. And like, so after they have this conversation, he asks her what her mom's name was. And she accidentally says her mom's name, but with her, with Gulu's actual last name and not the fake last name that they've Mm -hmm. been going by. He like sort of questions her about it, like not not Habibula. Yes. And and she's like, well, why should a woman change her name after marriage? And he's like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You see him <laughs> you like, shouldn't. actually think about it for a second. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, can't find anything wrong with that. No. Yeah. He's like, that's totally, I'm, I'm fine with that. Whatever you, and you don't need to change your name. That's fine. Yeah. And then like this conversation ends with him asking her how many kids she wants to have. Right. And he's like, how about like six? And she like starts to get kind of flustered and walks away. And he's like, how about like 12 or 13 kids? <laughs> <laughs> but now, and then we get into Manat. <laughs> Manat. Yes. Our next dance number. Which by the way, is the name of Shah Rukh Khan's house in Mumbai. He oh. named it Manat. Cause that means, it means like wish or prayer. That's nice. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it's not at all safe for Taru to ride on the hood of a car. It really is not. Like he is. Um, <laughs> well, yes. And then it's Holly. And I always love when they include Holly in any movie ever. Because it's always such a good time. It's a great setting for a dance number. Yeah. And this is like more of like a montage, like falling in love sequence yeah. than like a right. classic dance number. And then they just feed some children. Yeah, these just like orphans show up at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, God, we get it. He's like the best. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're making naan. Mm-hmm. And it's, see, how dare critics say that these two people don't have sexual chemistry? Seriously. Maybe it's just him. He's got such long eyelashes. He does. He's got such an intense gaze. But it can't be one-sided, you know? No. Like she's and she's giving back the sexual chemistry oh, yeah. exactly the way she should, where it's like like she feels it, but she's hesitant about it and she yeah. has to kind of rein it back. She's got the eyes too. So much that he's like, Yeah, okay, let's let's kiss. Yeah. And then she's like, wait, Taru, like, stop. And he's just like, okay. And then he like cracks a joke about something. And then. Well, he's like super excited because she calls him Taru. Oh, right. Because up yeah. to this point, he, she's only called him Tariq, which is his full name. But right. she, and he's like so excited because he's been trying to get her, get her to call him that the whole time. Yeah. He, he wanted to have these three days because he wanted to get her to love him just a little. Yeah. I like, think he succeeded. Yeah, definitely. But I just, I think that that's so sweet because he's not like, I wanted you to fall madly in love with me in three days. He's like, I just wanted you to get from Tariq to Taru. And that was all I was looking for. And that just, oh, so sweet. And they did it. And then he brings her back to his room and is showing her around and (laughs) shows her like the wall of famous people that he's served, including Shah Rukh Khan. Yeah. what um but there's also a picture of gulu yes <laughs> and then he is like hey i disagree with my parents they're old-fashioned they're demanding a dowry but i don't think it's right so here here's the 40 lakhs to give them but don't tell them it's from me like tell them yep. it's from you but i don't want you spending a cent yeah it's this is huge huge and then i think in that moment she's just like 
what are the odds <laughs> that she picked like the nicest, sweetest guy? Yeah. Who will pay her dowry for her? She was trying to find like a greedy dowry monger and she found like the sweetest man who's going to pay her dowry. Oh my God. And he says, like, as he's getting the money, he says he wants to marry her for her friendship, for her beauty, for her smile, for her brains, and not for her money. And it's just like he's saying all of the things that she wished that men would say to her previously. Yeah. Like, she had complained before. She called men parasites, and she had said they don't value anything other than money. And here he is saying all of the things that he values and does not care one bit about money. And this is even when he thinks she has money. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, in this moment, she's like, oh, no. Like, can yeah. I just marry this man for real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll remove all pretenses. But she imagines how it would go down if she told him the truth. She imagines him, like, kicking her out and, like, calling the police. And so in her dream imagining, she sees Bougie getting loaded up into the back of a police car. And she's just not going to chance that. So she kind of misses this opportunity to be truthful with him. And they go through with their wedding. They do indeed. Yeah. And (laughs) the wedding, it's so interesting because usually... Weddings are like multi-day affairs and celebrations, and here it's very low-key, like just in the hotel suite, they sign the paperwork. And yeah, I did just want to note, her wedding dress is so gorgeous. Like, she looks beautiful. And he, like, when he first sees her, again, it's just, like, he, like, has to grab onto his dad's shoulder to keep from, like, falling over. (laughs) Because he's just been in love with her from the get-go. Yep, right out Um, the gate. And his vows, too, are, like, so adorable. Yeah. And then they are shown into, like, their honeymoon bridal suite, whatever. There's all these rose petals on the bed. And you see Gulu just kind of be like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have this little table that has, like, from her dad. It's, (laughs) get well soon. Yeah, which... (laughs) It's not the most subtle thing in the world, but it's all right. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, his English isn't good. It's, yeah. <laughs> he probably meant to get like a congratulations card. <laughs> and then there's this little bowl of cure there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she is like, oh, here we have to eat it for like luck. Or she's coming up with reasons for him to eat it. She's just like spooning it into his mouth. And he yeah. is like the happiest boy he really is yeah and he's like okay like almost like with a child when you're like here comes the airplane like he's just gobbling it up because he's he's like yeah i will eat to your beauty and your brains like for sure i'm all about that yeah um and then he yeah takes his like top coat off his top shirt and he kind of shakes his head a little bit but then she's like no he's still too with it He does kind of, like, make a move, you know? (laughs) Yeah, he goes just to kind of, like, cup her face. And then she starts to, she sneezes. And he's like, oh, my God, what's wrong? And she's like, I'm allergic to roses. (laughs) So bless him. He immediately goes, like, he doesn't even question it. Or, like, question why she would take so long to react negatively (laughs) to the roses. But he's, like, trying to brush them off the bed, brush them off the bed. And then he just passes out. Yep. Because they drugged the cure. They did. They did indeed. (laughs) And, like, he's a large man. (laughs) Yeah. You wouldn't think he would go down that easy, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next morning, 
Taru and his parents are approached by the police mm-hmm. saying that your wife is accusing you of violating 498A. You demanded a dowry. You all are now facing like prison time. Taru calls his lawyer friend. He comes over. They're watching the the video they've like the cops like I've got you you know and we can make this go away you know we can sweep this under the rug mm-hmm. it, the family is saying they're not going to press charges if you pay them 80 lakhs right which yeah twice the amount that they and were going to pay in dowry she already has Taru's money yeah she legitimately just stole what this man was saving up to pay for the dowry of his bride right yeah which is horrible it is really horrible so yeah mean. it's, it's a, bu- a big bummer and i really like aditya in this undershirt <laughs> yeah i do Just too <laughs> see through i i also was thinking this when we talked about him not being a bodybuilder and like having a little bit of a punch and then i watched him along after this movie yeah you're like, like no aditya because well, he's so like funny. kind of normal guy fit in this but right. like yeah he's also got like the broadest shoulders anyway <laughs> But okay, so they're essentially being, like, blackmailed is what's happening yes. here. And then you we see Taru, like, rip up the Get Well Soon card, and he's just completely and utterly betrayed. Like, yeah. he literally did everything right. He gave yeah. her money to pay her dowry. Like, right. Ugh. And they go to do, like, a money drop. He, like comes out of nowhere to try to get the bag back, but Gulu grabs it and does, like, parkour over a stone wall. She does, wall. yeah. <laughs> she runs to where, like, her dad is pulling up in a cab, and he's like, Gulu, Gulu, come on! Which Taru does here. Yeah. He goes to run after the cab and just fully, yeah, knocks a woman off of a moving scooter. Yep. And, of course, he stops to help her up. He's like, yeah. this is more important than the money. Right. Because he is a sweet, sweet man. Sweet, sweet man. So his plan to get the money back didn't work. He's back home and he's just like chopping vegetables with a meat, like a cleaver. Which... I, w- I made a note. I was like, Katie will find the cleaver unsettling. I found it so unsettling. <laughs> it was so sharp. And he was it's just very like sharp. so angry. He wasn't looking. And I was like, no. oh my God. I wrote that he was ragefully, sexily chopping vegetables. As we all do. <laughs> we've all been there and then like he goes like running down the stairs when his sister cousin like says i found out who she is i found her mm-hmm. real name he's like running down the stairs again with this cleaver in his hand <laughs> Put the cleaver he's down, just, like, waving it around <laughs> it's terrifying yep <laughs> and then we go back over to gulu so taru's on his way she is waiting in line with her father to get their visas mm-hmm. when the guilt just is too much and she's like, I can't follow through with this. I'm going to return the money to Taru. Taru shows up in Hyderabad, is like running after her. But then there's also like the dirty money guy. Yes. <laughs> who is converting her dirty money into like clean money. Right. And he's after her because she had been like, do it. And then he said, okay, once we do it, you owe me this money like right away. Yeah, because he's going to take kinda, a cut. Yeah. And then she went back to him and was like, no, I'm giving this back. So now she's got two men after her, <laughs> one of whom's still in love with her despite himself. And then she's like trying to get on the train to go back to Lucknow to return the money. Everyone shows up there and the money guy is intimidating. And so Tara just starts beating up the money guy. 
which I love that he's just like, yeah, you can't go after her. It's um, like at first they have a moment where they're sort of together, like they're chasing after her, and Taru's like, wait, she stole your money, and he's like, wait, she stole your money too, and then they're chasing. Yes. But then yeah, like once he pulls a gun on her, Taru's yeah, like, no man, and starts like beating him up. <laughs> and it's a very I really liked this fight scene because it's a very normal fight. Yeah. Like it's not impressive. They're just he's just they're kind of just using whatever's around and pushing each other around. Right. And it just like, yeah, it looks very normal. Would. But yeah, so the cops do show up and they're like, hey, what's up with this? Like she's got a bag of money yep. and you were chasing after her. And he's like, No, don't arrest her. It's fine, you're not needed. So the cops mm-hmm. leave. He is still, like, obviously frustrated with her, but he says, you know, I do accept that men are in the wrong for demanding a dowry. And so I understand, like, why you did it. It just sucks that you did it to me, essentially. She gives this whole speech, like, why have I fallen for you? Like, I don't understand it. You you burp. And you, like, do all of these sort of, like, loud, boisterous guy things. And his eyes are, like, so soft as he's listening to her say this. And it's just very sweet. And then she even says, like, and you wear these horrible shirts. And he, like, looks a little offended. (laughs) They're very loud. But, yeah, he's, like, the butcher has fallen in love with the goat. And I, Mm -hmm. I noted that because it's, like, she says a really similar line in Ladies versus Ricky Bell. Yeah. Um... It is just this really sweet moment of her being like, I am in love with you and him being like, wait a minute, really? (laughs) And like he wasn't expecting it. And yeah, it's really sweet. And he does still want to marry her. Yeah, it's really sweet. I love it. They hug. He just seems like the best hugger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just I would just again, despite all of the body spray, just nestle right in there. Yeah. (laughs) Just just folds himself over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We see the two of them get married, mm-hmm. and who is watching the video of their marriage but Amjad? Yes, we can't forget about Amju, who, he's, like, watching it while he's at a meeting with a girl and her parents yep. and his parents, <laughs> and then he just, like, stands up, and he's like, I'm not a piece of meat for you to, like, sell, just yep. like Taru told his parents. Yep. And then he just, like, walks away. (laughs) So I do like that for him, that he does become empowered to stand up to his parents because he clearly was not before. Yeah, he realizes his mistake. He lost a real cool lady. Yeah. And she's now in love with someone else. Yeah. So. (laughs) Thanks for bringing that. And frankly, Taru's better. Uh, Way better. Yeah, much better match. Way better. Um, But we can hope for good things for for Amju. And then we get our final dance number, which is Rangareli. I really like it. Um, Uh Uh-huh. And it starts with, we see a shoe store, and it's called Gulu's. Yeah. And we see Taru and we see Buji and they're there with Gulu. And so like her dreams did come true. She was able mm-hmm. to go study shoe design and like she has a husband who's super supportive. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> and I really like like the patty cake dance move. Yeah. Of this song because they like they slap their thighs, like slap their arms, like yeah, yes. like <laughs> shaking their hands over each other. <laughs> it's it's fun. And he's like wearing a suit, like a powder blue suit with like a pink paisley shirt underneath for most yeah. of it. But then he changes 
into this like orange coat. Yep. That is amazing. He's got like a green shirt under the yep. orange coat. And I'm just like, when did that color combination become my favorite? But it is. I mean, like, well, I, it makes orange sense. and green you know, look probably great. around the time you started watching a lot of Bollywood movies. <laughs> I think that's a, a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> It's like weird. I just see the colors of the Indian flag everywhere. <laughs> Not just in love with the people who wear those colors. Um, yeah, the, I do. This is a great final dance number, and they—they're just like so cute dancing together. And yeah, yeah they do a great. And time. I love all of her facial expressions that she makes. Like she's like winking at the camera. Like I feel she just has such presence. She does. Chopra, and I love she's it. She's really good at flirting with the camera. Yeah. It's a great movie. Big, big fan. And I think, like, my favorite theme of the movie is the way that they tie in food so nicely. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Taru's a cook and he, you know, is working in his family's restaurant. But there's also, like, all these other little references. Like, Amjad reveals that he's a vegetarian and Gulu's like, oh no! I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like straight carnivore. Then, like, as she is sort of starting to feel guilty about leaving Taru, about conning him, she's saying, like, oh, I really, like, I miss his flavors. I miss Mm -hmm. the flavor of his food. Yeah. It's awesome. But some of the things it talks about, not so awesome. Not so awesome. Yeah. Which which brings us to this week's research topic. Mm -hmm. I did research dowry for yeah. this week because what else? Um, Especially starting out with the stat. And I will talk about that. Um, I also want to say I'm really using the gender binary a lot through this research. Um, I'm just referring to women as brides and men as grooms. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it's understood that Katie and I both recognize that there are a lot of people who do not fall into one or the other of those categories. And it would be totally fascinating to understand how queer, mm-hmm. non-binary, or gender fluid people are impacted by traditional marriage philosophies and yeah. dowry in India. Or if they live outside of India and come from Indian families, that's another topic for another day. But I wanted to just kind of name that. And then finally, just to name that this research brought up a lot of related topics like women in the workforce in India, rates of infanticide of baby girls in India, colorism, casteism, and perhaps most significantly the differences between Indian marriage culture and Western marriage culture. So there's a lot to unpack here. I didn't go into any of that, (laughs) but I know that things like that will come up for us. We'll look more thoroughly into them. This is just a framework for the topic of dowry. So dowry has been happening in India for centuries. The term I'm going to use throughout my research here is dowry, since that's the term that we're more familiar with as Western people. But the word in Hindi for dowry is dahez, and the word in Urdu slash other Muslim communities is jahez. Um, Both of those terms get used by our characters in the movie, dahez Mm. and jahez. Um, So dowry isn't linked to a specific religion, even though early texts do suggest that it maybe began in Hinduism thousands of years ago. Really... Dowry is practiced no matter what people's religion is in India. It's more of a cultural thing and less of a religious practice. Yeah. And the practice began to ensure that daughters could actually inherit some of their parents' wealth. Hmm. 
Hmm. Prior to 1956, when uh, the Hindu Succession Act was enacted in India, dowry was in theory intended to give financial security to women at the time of their marriage. It was essentially a form of pre-mortem inheritance. Wow. So legally, prior to 1956, you can't get this when I die, so I'm going to give it to you when you get married instead. So it was always, it was supposed to be in like the daughter's name. Right, Yes. For her, it was her money, not her husband's family's money. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Now, because of the again broad tradition of women going and then living with their husbands' families, right. the husbands' families could then take advantage of this wealth. And over time, this is what dowry becomes. It becomes <sighs> grooms and their families demanding more and more from brides' families, and it becomes a huge financial burden on brides' families. Yeah, it just sucks when it started out as like an equality thing yeah as like circumventing this rule that women can inherit but let's give them this money at this moment we've seen there's a very lavish wedding culture in India Um, Mm -hmm. we see this in the movie too there's a gift giving ceremony that Gulu is at for one of her friends this is very common practice in India the exchanging of gifts between the bride and the groom's families and so it's important to note that dowry does not refer to the voluntary gifts given from the bride and groom's families to one another. Um, it re- refers to specifically what is extracted from the bride or her parents. But clearly that's a really difficult distinction to draw because we see some of the characters in the movie taking advantage of this. You know, they know that dowry is illegal, but giving right. gifts help. is not. Yes, yeah. help is the term that's often used. <laughs> dowry practices vary by location, by class, by caste. Just like everything else we've talked about, there's a huge range of approaches and opinions here. But one thing that is indisputable is that dowry leads directly to violent crime. Dowry-related crime often occurs early in a marriage, um, and it's essentially grooms or their families holding their new wives hostage, threatening or enacting violence, and demanding essentially ransom from the bride's families, except in this case, they're not giving the bride back, they're keeping the bride and the wealth that family gives them. Dowry is a major catalyst in crimes against women in India and often includes physical violence, emotional abuse, murder, torture, harassment, sexual assault, and abetment to suicide. In 2010, India reported that for every 100,000 women living, nearly one and a half were killed in relation to dowry. And India estimates that 40 to 50% of female homicides in their country is linked to dowry. And that's just death. That's not taking into account the other abuses that a woman might face as a result of this. Also, it's estimated that the numbers of deaths and abuses are much higher than are actually reported because... There's a lot of shame linked to sexual assault in most cultures. And also there's a lot of shame in India linked to not having sufficient dowry. And so these crimes often go unreported. Now, in the movie, Gulu quotes a statistic that one bride is burned every hour in India due to dowry. And bride burning is one of the more commonly reported dowry killings in India, Um, presumably because it's easy to pass off as an accident. In some cases, this is self-inflicted in the form of self-immolation. In other cases, the groom or his family may be directly killing the bride. In either case, it is the fault of the groom and his and or his yes. family. 
Yeah. A 2013 crime statistic notes that a bride was burned or otherwise had dowry-related violence committed against her every 90 minutes in India. Oh my god. So I couldn't find the exact data to support the article that Gulu shares in the movie or the disclaimer at the start of the film, which states yeah. that a woman dies every hour at least due to dowry. Mm-hmm. Um, but these stats are not over-sensationalized when you consider that. Again, there is data to suggest that every 90 minutes minutes a woman dies from dowry related violence and we understand that those numbers are likely lower than what is actually happening in reality and if we broaden that term to encompass all dowry related violence it's happening constantly and there's also evidence to suggest that dowry related crime is increasing in India Um, and some numbers Note that it has risen by more than 14% since 1998. The first all-India legislative enactment relating to dowry was the Dowry Prohibition Act of 1961. Um, This act consolidated anti-dowry laws which had existed separately in isolated states, and it made them into one big national law. Um, And this law provided penalty if any person gives, takes, or abets giving or receiving of dowry. So that's when dowry as a practice becomes illegal, 1961. Mm -hmm. The act again defines dowry as any property or valuable security given or agreed to be given in connection with the marriage. The penalty for giving or taking dowry is not applicable in cases of gifts. You know, again, that's a really sticky and difficult to define thing, and you could easily be asking for dowry but claiming that it's a gift. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the issues we see with these laws. It's really difficult to exactly define what dowry is and to prove that it actually happened. Which then leaves like these loopholes for exactly. people to exploit. Yes. Punishment for asking for or giving or abetting dowry include a prison sentence of six months to five years, or in some cases more, depending on the severity, and a fine of 10,000 to 15,000 rupees, or equal to the amount of dowry paid, whichever is higher. That doesn't seem like enough considering all the violence that is being committed. And this law isn't really designed to address the violence. This law is designed to just eliminate dowry. dowry. Yeah. But (laughs) as we move into the future, Indian criminal laws have over the years been amended to include dowry as a punishable event. Davate Ishk focuses, as you've said, on the law 498A, which was added to the Indian Penal Code in 1983, and listed domestic abuse as a cognizable offense, which means that a police officer has the authority to make an arrest and begin an investigation without a warrant and without permission of the court. Okay. There's a really interesting argument to be made in my mind that Davate Ishk may have actually hurt the cause of 498A a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because it um, shows a woman exploiting it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was just but, thinking that. Yeah, and kind of showing how people could, in theory, take advantage of this. But I didn't find any suggestion that anybody felt that way <laughs> Okay, good. Go in ahead. doing my research afterwards. And I think ultimately the liberal anti-dowry message is what hits home with this Mm -hmm. movie. Also, I think significantly the message that we hear first from Taru and then at the end of the movie from Amju that men are also insulted by by having dowry asked for. They're not a piece of meat to be sold. That's that I think is a really uh, forward thinking uh, approach. 
Mm-hmm. So I've mentioned a few times the ineffectiveness of these dowry laws. Um, it's difficult to prove that a crime is related to dowry and violence aside, it's still happening everywhere in India every day despite being illegal. In 2019, upwards of 13,000 dowry-related complaints were recorded, including more than 7,000 dowry deaths. Only half of those deaths were tried in court, and only 35% of those tried were convicted. It can also take 7 to 10 years for a dowry case to be tried in court, and so, you know, people are understandably not able to put in that much time and energy to, to bring well, this about and as, results aren't happening quickly enough for people to really want to pursue it. Yeah, especially if like a woman is living in the same household with her abusers. Like, yeah. And I did read of examples of families who once they hear that their daughter or their sister is is experiencing this will take her out of that situation and mm-hmm. they'll still pursue legal action. But again, hugely traumatizing and it's hard to get back to life when yeah. you have and this hanging over your head. Differ depending on your the class and socioeconomic standing of your family. Yeah, and different levels of acceptance um, yeah. from not just your family but your community. So yeah, there's a lot of very complicated cultural stuff happening here in relation to this. The activist uh, Santia Pillai describes dowry as legally banned but socially accepted, saying, "Quote: Nobody feels that it is not okay to give or take dowry, irrespective of the law." The World Bank of India investigated 40,000 marriages that took place between 1960 and 2008 and found that dowry was paid in 95% of those marriages. Oh my god. The study calculated the net dowry as the difference between the value of gifts by the bride's family and those given by the groom's family, and they found that on average the groom's family would spend about 5,000 rupees, or roughly 67 U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. on gifts. The bride's family spent seven times that, roughly 32,000 rupees, or 429 U.S. dollars. <sighs> and on average, the net dowry, again, the, the difference between the amount the bride is paying versus what the groom is paying, comprised 14% of annual household income. So I found a really interesting article by a woman named Kavya Sukumar, who speaks very candidly about her and her husband having to choose between contributing four crore rupee or close to $600,000 to her sister-in-law's dowry or choosing to put that money towards their own retirement. She raises several really interesting paradoxes about dowry. The ability to pay exorbitant dowry is seen as a status symbol, so even brides' families are saying they want to pay dowry because they want to be able to prove that they were capable of paying dowry. And finally, education is often considered a cure-all for these kinds of like very regressive and inequitable worldviews and cultural traditions. And education is on the rise in India and in particularly well, you know, particularly literate places in India, like Kerala, for example, in southern India. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually more dowry being asked for because men are better educated. And they think because they're better educated, they're worth more money, or their families are arguing that. Yeah. So dowry calculators are a thing that exist in the world. Okay. Um, and these are 
systems that exist in the internet where you input your information and if you're a woman it tells you how much dowry you should expect to pay and if you're a man it tells you how much dowry you should expect to receive when the time of your marriage arises. These dowry calculators take into consideration things like your age, your income, your level of education, as well as the caste you belong to, and your skin tone. So that's great. Right. So I found a dowry calculator. Uh-huh. It was linked in one of the articles that I was reading. But so I went in and I found this dowry calculator, which asked for the groom's age, caste, current profession, monthly salary, alma mater, country of work, skin color, height, number of times previously married, and father's profession. Uh-huh. So the, my first pass through, I said I was 23 that I was Brahmin, which I understand to be a more privileged caste. Mm-hmm. Um, I said I was an architect. I made 40 to 50,000 rupees monthly as a salary. I said I work in India. My skin color is brown. The skin color stuff made me super uncomfortable. Um, yeah. That I was 5'10". I'd never been married before, and my father's business was uh, running the family business. And uh, it turns out that I was worth 50 lakhs, or 60,000 oh. US dollars. My God. Okay. So then I went through and I changed one factor at a time to yeah. see see which of them would shift the needle. And the only thing that shifted the needle, again, just changing one thing at a time, was the groom's monthly income. When I upped the groom's monthly income to one to one and a half lakhs, the dowry rate increased to 65 lakhs or 80,000 US dollars. So interesting. Um, now, the fun thing here and by fun I mean deeply horrifying, is that the results didn't just include the money amount. They had sort of like a message, like a BuzzFeed quiz. For my first results, the message read, good, but could be better. You have done some things in your life right, but the dream dowry amount still eludes you. If you are one of those perfectionist people, then you might want to analyze what factors you need to work on to achieve your dream dowry. Oh my god. And then when I did the second one and got the 65 lakhs, I got, congratulations, your current dowry rate is 65 lakhs. Although it is a very competitive amount, self-improvement never did anyone any harm. You have done most of the things in your life right. You just need to give that extra in order to achieve your dream dowry. So... Ew. Literally, like encouraging people to change things about themselves so that they can be considered worth more money. More money. Also, there aren't many of these factors that can be changed. Like, you can't change your age. You can't change your cast. Your your alma mater. Your height. Your skin color. Or your father's business. So, like, what are you supposed to do? I really wanted to see if I could get a lower amount and like what are some of the other things that really do impact this. I changed multiple factors at once to see if I could get a lower amount. And I did this based on what my understanding is of Indian culture and what could potentially impact a person's quote unquote monetary value based on these like very archaic cultural standards. But so the things I changed were caste. Mm-hmm. which I changed from Brahmin to Jot, which my understanding is that Jot is more of a laboring agricultural caste. Mm-hmm. I changed skin color from brown to black, and I changed the height from 5'10 to 5'7. Yeah. Um, and now the result that I got was 35 lakhs. Okay. Um, and the message that I received was, it is a decent amount, but who wants to settle for decent when there is an entire range of awesomeness available? Your dream dowry <sighs> amount awaits you. Be a man 
and slog hard for it. Oh god, this is so toxic, especially when all you changed was stuff that people can't affect. Yeah, can't change. I then went in and I changed the skin tone back from black to brown, and I was back up to 50 lakhs. Also, the descriptors for skin tone were absolutely disgusting. There was black, brown, and white, and then there were things like so black you can't be seen in moonlight and deeply, deeply disturbing. It's just so creepy to be encouraging men to quote-unquote be men, especially in relation to all of the violence that occurs around dowry. So yeah, it really all sucks, and I could have spent hours playing around with these tools because it was just so fascinating to me. Um, but yeah. I decided that I wouldn't fall too much further into this particular rabbit hole. And that's Oof. what I learned about dowry. Well, thanks, Kim. Yeah. So much worse than I even I know. expected. So many gross factors at play here. There are definitely people out there who people are understanding that in order for this to leave the culture, they need to start educating people early and often about gender equity. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's been a real big push, and Kerala in particular, who I mentioned, um, where I mentioned there's an increase in dowry linked to the fact that there's also an increase in literacy rates. Um, They in particular are really pushing for this education to be happening in their school systems because they don't want this cycle to continue to be perpetuated. Good. So anyway, (laughs) two pretty dark weeks in terms of our research. Um, Yeah. But again, I'm proud of us for not shying away from talking about these things because I think to love something is also to understand its flaws and Mm -hmm. to understand the flaws of, you know, that exist not just in the world of Bollywood, but in the worlds where Bollywood is most popular um, is is really important. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. Thanks for tackling that. And we'll continue. Like you said, yeah, there's so many other implications brought up with that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about in the future. For now, do we want to share a couple of quick pieces of Bollywood news? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, super uplifting is the uh, Aditya Roy Kapoor's new show, The Night Manager. Um, It's not uplifting at all. It's it's also pretty dark. (laughs) But we are excited to see our boy Aditya doing so well. For all of you Americans, it is available on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the first Indian television series to be featured on the cover of like a book. So yeah. the Night Manager was, I think, a best-selling book, and now the cover, when it's being sold, is Night Manager Hindi. Yeah, I was trying to find this book. <laughs> I was in San Francisco last week and I was like going to all these bookstores like I wonder if Night Manager's here. Um, And I looked on Amazon and I couldn't find it. So I don't know if it's available everywhere with that cover. But if it is available anywhere that I can buy it, I will be buying it because I just love that so much. Just to have it, yeah. My piece of Bollywood news for this week, and Katie, I wonder if you saw this go by on Instagram as well. So Ranveer Singh Mm -hmm. was in Salt Lake City uh, this past weekend. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that you Why? didn't see this. Okay, because he was playing in the NBA All-Star Basketball game. What? Yes. <laughs> and I know nothing about this because I know nothing about sports. But I guess it's like, you know, the NBA does a game where they have like all celebrities playing against each other. And Ranveer Singh was there and he was playing on one of the teams. 
And he's a huge NBA fan, apparently. Some super fun things about this. He was playing on the same team as Hassan Minhaj. Oh my god. I bet he freaked out. (laughs) And there was a great video. So I immediately went on and found Hassan Minhaj on Instagram and one started following him and two found a video that he took like behind the scenes where he's like amping everybody up and he's like guys come on our one goal is to get Ranveer a basket he's got to make a basket on behalf of 4.5 billion people who live in Asia (laughs) (laughs) and then that video seamlessly transitioned into Ranveer rapping about his teammates poorly um, but very entertainingly Um, Well, I'm gonna pull that up. But anyway, that was really fun. And I love the idea that Ron Veer was in the United States, close to the West Coast, when I was also on the West Coast. So I was closer to Ron Veer than I've ever been before. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Okay, so next movie. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah, so we're we're coming out of February, we're coming out of Love Month, and we're moving into March, and all of our movies in March are kind of like friendship movies, and the first movie that we will be watching for next week is Yay Giovanni, Hey Divani. Yeah. Uh, which is an awesome movie that we have often referred to as the Friends movie. And it stars uh, some familiar faces. Uh, Deepika Padukone is in our leading lady role. Aditya Roy Kapoor is here. And Kalki Coachlin from all the way back in uh, Zindagi is here as well. Mm-hmm. And we are introducing yet another Bollywood boy, one of my faves, Ranbir Kapoor. Yeah. And he is quite the character in this one. But yeah, it's a phenomenal movie and there's a lot of heart to it. You can find the movie on Eros now. It's spelled Y-E-H-J-A-W-A-A-N-I-H-A-I-D-E-E-W-A-N-I. Yay, Giovanni. Hey, Divani. Which I believe translates to something like, these youths are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So IMDb uh, describes this film's plot as Kabir and Nena bond during a trekking trip. Before Nena can express herself, Kabir leaves India to pursue his career. They meet again years later, but he still cherishes his dreams more than Bond's. It's the exact same synopsis (laughs) on Amazon. That happens with Amazon, because I think IMDb and Amazon feed into each other. But I will Mm. say, so I you know, perfectly fine, super watered-down summary. I had completely forgotten that Ron Beer's character's name is Kabir because his real name is Bunny. Well, I mean, his real Bunny. name is Kabir, yeah. but he goes by Bunny. <laughs> yeah. I also don't think I ever put together that his name isn't just Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So get pumped, get excited, get Eros now on Amazon yep. Prime so you can watch this movie. <laughs> you haven't started it. your free trial yet, now's the time. <laughs> Now is the time. And, um, yeah. Remember, Bollywood doesn't need us, but we need Bollywood. 